Aloha Maui. Hello, this is Josh Porter. And Brian Thomas. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. This is our 132nd show. We're going to be focusing on Lumen, which is a smart panel company out of Charlottesville. Uh, the CEO, Alex Bazanoff. We got a chance to sit down with him back at SBI 2019 over there in Salt Lake. And, you know, there's a, it's kind of was like the, 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 the second year of the smart panels, Brian. It's really cool stuff. When I say smart panels, I mean you have electronic circuit breakers and you have software that allows you to dynamically curtail loads uh, and then be able to better take full advantage of your energy solar storage system. Yeah, like in other words, um, utilize it based upon the time frequency of what the most expensive versus cheaper energy is or in... Uh, Blackouts or such like that? Could be. Yeah, a lot of value cases, a lot of opportunities. And it's that's why I was just talking with uh, Val, the uh, I think she's PR director of Lumen. Really great company, a lot of cool people. Saw John, one of the staff members at HES, HSEA, the Hawaii Solar Energy Association Expo last week in Oahu. Uh, and, that, and of course, they're in Hawaii because Hawaii is where we're deploying all this solar plus storage, right? So they want to be here. Cutting edge. Cutting edge stuff. And then, but it's really fun to talk about smart panels because at first glance, you go, well, what is is it and why did how, why is it relevant why would it be important and, and and for me it's a it's kind of a i am completely a diehard adherent to the idea of smart panels i love them and let me just say that i'm completely biased because nice. i had a couple conversations with other solar guys recently and they're not all in the same camp some are like yeah maybe you need it maybe you don't i'm like what of course you need it <laughs> yeah in other words it's what comes after you've got the generation solved right so you, you can generate it yeah you got generation and as and soon then as you, you start store talking it. storage at that point, you know, a smart panel affords you a lot of uh, value right out of the gate because when you choose a solar, when you basically today in Hawaii, if you're getting a solar system, then you're going to also get storage for sure. the most part, right? Gotcha. And when you do that, then you have to make some decisions. Am I getting batteries simply to function on a self-supply basis to allow me to run my solar system? And when the grid goes down, do I not have any power? No one wants that if they buy a battery. Right. right. Am I going to get a four-gang outlet where I can plug in stuff? No one really wants that either. <laughs> Although yeah, it's, it's with it's extension than cords running around. Right? Yeah. That's 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 a, you know, most the least expensive way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, am I going to get a critical loads panel where I select certain loads and those loads run during an outage, but the others do not? And yeah. you know, and that's a static thing. It's a, sta a decision that carries through for you know as long as you have your system. Right, and and you design that or or um, tailor it to how you want it beforehand before you yeah. need it. Yeah, before and, the power goes out. But then imagine a scenario where you have uh, a smart panel grid goes out and you say, well, what do I need at this moment? Yeah, <laughs> right? right. Which may change from what you've configured it as. It likely will change. And as you start to think about that, that's uh, you start to discover all the values that, that presents. So that is a smart panel. We're going to hear from Lumen. Uh, and Alex is a really cool guy. Uh, and yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy the, the show. We'll get into that shortly. First, we're going to do housekeeping. You ready for that? Yep. Hey folks, this is The Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. Can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Kauai 1110 AM. Also some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM of Country. Do you want to do some of Jay's part, Brian? Yeah, I was going to say, those are some yeah. big shoes to fill. But uh, <laughs> if you want to catch us on uh, Siri, you say, Siri, play podcast Solar Coaster. Also on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn. And I use Pocket Cast, Android system. Are we uh, on that? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, we are. Yeah, of course, yeah. which oh, is yeah. great. And okay. um, so, the, so Solar Coaster Podcast is out there, and search for it. You yep. can play it through Amazon, so on and so forth. What's fun but, about that too with podcasting is that you can go back and you can select the content area that you're interested in, interested in. For example, if you're um, you're trying to decide between panels, you might go back to the, one of the LG Electronics shows and learn directly from David Chang about uh, their panel and their, their, their preview panel today and where they're going with it. You might want to go to the, um, what's his name, Kerry, uh, the president of REC Americas, Kerry, and learn about REC, the 380 watt alpha. Uh, we've had a, a boatload of SunPower, the SunPower 360, what is it, the 66 cell? I, oh, Jesus, there's too many out there. Yeah, I mean, it's cool because you guys were at the SBI show, the big yeah. solar trade show, and we've done interviews about the biggest, the biggest firms out there, right? Yeah. At, at, at a high level. So, in other words, someone could come on the show, solar-coaster.com, go to the website, rather look up what show. If they're about to deploy a system, learn more about it. Learn sure. how it fits into the marketplace. Yeah, and, and if if it, we've probably done a, a show on those panels for even Can Canadian Solar and a bunch of other guys too, Panasonic. So very good. We do have that website, solar-coaster.com. Please check it out. There's a listen live link there if you're outside of our AM broadcast area and FM broadcast area here in Maui. Uh, and then we're on YouTube somewhere too. I think you just got to probably search Solar Coaster. I don't think we're big enough to get a channel yet. And we're streaming. <laughs> are we streaming live right now? 
We are streaming live. Hello, folks. How you doing? Uh, and then we got some great local sponsors, one of which is Fairwinds Wealth Management, uh, independent owner, proprietor, uh, Brian Thomas, right here in the studio. Good to be here. <laughs> so uh, we've had a chance through uh, Fairwinds and through Brian's uh, knowledge and experience and expertise to be able to discuss uh, participating in renewable energies in the marketplace and being able to put take our money, which gives us a, a, a lot of uh, power and authority to be able to go out there and, and use our money for good, right? And also use our money to make money because it turns out that a lot of these great ESGs, uh, well, I should say ETFs, right? Electronically traded funds that happen to be in ESG, which is? Uh, environmental, social, and governance. Environmental, social, and governance uh, area uh, that they happen to be performing really well, or at least over the last few months. And people are making a lot of money with that. Very well said, Josh. Yep. Oh, great. Thank yep. you. Okay. So uh, uh, I would like to also thank Sundrum Solar for re-upping. Uh, Mike and Terry is here deploying some pretty cool systems. And he has uh, been a long-standing supporter of the solar coaster. So th- uh, this is a call-in show, folks, 808-242-7800. If you'd like to call in with a question or you want to email us, uh, you can go to our website. And just There's a form there to do that. Uh, All righty. I guess it's time for news and events. Okay, so let's jump over. Usually this is kind of Jay's bag, but there's a lot going on uh, in Hawaii right now, which I think is going to pretty much dominate our conversation, right? <laughs> right, Brian? We were just talking about it beforehand. Happens to kind of fall into the uh, the area that you have some expertise in, too, about, you know, companies that are funding other companies. Uh, so just recently we saw um, the Value Act Capital is an organization out of San Francisco. They have about, what, $14 billion under management or something like that? Yeah, Right, and they have a the the spring fund. It's called the Wealth Spring. Is that the name of the, the uh, fund? Yeah, the Value X Spring Fund. Spring Fund. And so they they back in eighteen they purchased uh, I'd say about one percent of uh, Hawaiian Electric or HE HEI I suppose, and um, they so they've been um, a part of that organization and kind of getting more and more you know. Uh, uh, I'd say, involved in the discussions about the organization and how it's moving forward. Now, they, uh, their CEO, Jeffrey Ubens, sent a letter out, and it's a pretty, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty uh, interesting letter uh, talking about changing leadership in, the, in our electric utility in order to encourage uh, faster deployment of renewable energy resources in order to save people money, in order to get, get off of petrol. And I mean, it's a pretty powerful uh, statement. Now, this is all over the internet right now, all over different news sources. Uh, there's a couple out there. Utilitydive.com is one that I'm looking at. And uh, we actually, the letter's available. It's public as well. Brian, what did you think about this? You know, it's very interesting. And, and <laughs> just to give you a context of how it fits into the finance world, uh, these guys are, the, the Value Act Spring Fund is a, is a private fund. It's a hedge fund. Uh, and they're known as an activist fund, right? And so the minimum of a hedge fund is a million dollars, and you have to be an accredited investor to get into it. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's not, you know, there's not mom and pop around, you know, they're, it's a bit for more wealthy people, and the funds are tied up for longer. Uh, but, but activist funds serve as a purpose to make a change, right? Mm. And they come in, and they're doing it for, to make money themselves, so let's not kid anybody on right. that one, right? But in this case, uh, this fund is sort of an environmental fund, green energy fund, and they've looked at it, and they've, they've suggested board members to Hawaiian Electric, and they, they just see a dramatic room for improvement, and, yeah. and so the letter talks about ways that they can improve. And, and specifically, there were two board members that, that Hawaiian Electric did embrace and brought on. Right. Um, you want to you read that line here? It says, yeah, let me see. Where here, here let me just, I'll just read it. So uh, we were disappointed, however, to see uh, the two board members, Miss Powell and Miss Connors, were not assigned to board committees, which is unprecedented in our 20 years of governance experience. Yeah, and, and I, that's welcome an to Hawaii, bro. <laughs> oh, jeez, I think that's a um, that's what, what that in what that kind of says is that yes, these board members that were suggested by Value Act were were, were approved, but they they weren't put in a position of influence. Yeah, to make any changes, right? You know, yeah, and, and that's yeah. a big deal. That's right. a big deal. Yep, and. and uh, Further, he, I mean, as, as citizens of Hawaii, this is all stuff that matters to us, mm-hmm. right? You know, we will use power from Hawaiian Electric, uh, and we do pay them on a regular basis. But he brought up some good points, and, and specifically, Hawaii residents have paid 280% more for electricity per kilowatt hour than the U.S., average over the past 10 years, right? And there is some, uh, you know, and and of course, that's a pretty powerful statement right there. And he, in this letter, which is available online, folks, the he, uh, he has uh, graphs to support this. He shows exactly what was paid on average more per year over the last decade. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, of course, we are a unique uh, environment, and there are specific reasons why our cost of electricity is higher. Well, 
Okay, mm-hmm. Josh, let's talk about that yes, a little let's. bit. He said, he said, this is due in part to the use of costly, outdated petroleum-fired plants that are now virtually extinct on the mainland. So let me get this straight. We're, we're shipping petroleum across the ocean in a higher cost way of doing it, and they don't even do that on the mainland, and they're doing it here, <laughs> where we, have, we are abundantly rich in renewables. I mean, uh, that's ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Right? I mean, it is kind of ludicrous. Uh, yeah, I think the, the I think the general flavor of this this uh, this letter here is that there's been a bit of foot dragging over the last uh, few years. And you're very earlier. polite. <laughs> you're very polite. And in that. yeah, well, I mean, and then of course, as a you know, as a fellow that's been in the renewable energy space in, in the you know re- residential installation space for quite a while, no longer, but earlier, you know, we saw that it was not easy to get these systems put in. Uh, and the, but he's specifically talking about utility scale solar. And that's interesting because, of course, now just to be clear, uh, Hawaiian Electric responded uh, and they, uh, they said, hey, they, they obviously weren't very happy with this. And uh, <laughs> no one likes getting called on the carpet. Right. And they, and they said, well, there's a clear conflict of interest here because uh, Value Act is funding, is, is a part owner in AES, which are one of the bidding organizations for these large utility scale renewables. Well, well, Value Act is an owner of Hawaiian Electric, too, though. Sure, sure. So I, I wouldn't call that a conflict of interest. I'd, right. uh, sure, sure. And uh, but what I find interesting about this, and of course, you know, in general, I agree, we need to move faster towards renewables. Um, but what's interesting is that we have je- more, um, we have more customer-cited solar is the language that was utilized here. That means rooftop solar, right? Yeah. As opposed to utility-scale solar, we don't have very much of that. Now, of course, recently we had this RFP phase one, RFP phase two, and then within this 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 letter, he talks about how he, w- w- the utility is saying we're going to see a t- five or tenfold increase in the amount of renewables we, we we did over the last ten years in the next five, as six. And he says, I don't. He's basically saying I don't think that's possible with the current leadership. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So we, we, and he's suggesting that we get uh, new leadership outside of the current um, kind of uh, uh, what can I say the culture uh, of 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 our utility. Right, and, and and they're pushing for a new CEO. Uh, Constance mm-hmm. Lau has been there fourteen years. Fourteen year term, yeah. You know, and he's pushing for a CEO outside of. Uh, one that would come up through, like in other words, someone that can bring some fresh ideas, right? Fresh and, fresh, ideas. And, and fresh leadership, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Well, and then you were talking about that just um, to expand a little bit. Uh, this is what he states in the letter: Consider the f- these facts. The company claimed to have reached twenty-seven percent of electricity sales from renewable sources in twenty eighteen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or twenty-three percent when calculated as a percentage of electricity generation. Blah blah blah. Up from nine percent in two thousand eight, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty good. Yeah, resident. Okay. However, a deeper analysis shows nearly two thirds of that increase came from the installation of rooftop solar systems by customers. So it's not them. It's the it's 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 right. it's you, your company, your previous company, and your fellow installers and Maui <laughs> oh, homeowners. So they're taking credit for that work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It's and, true. And, and, it's and true. It's, it's all they can do just to approve the forms to get that done. Right. <laughs> I love having the, uh, the 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 cutthroat, take no prisoners attitude here, Brian. Yeah. I know. I think that's uh, that, that is interesting. But what's also interesting about this is there's a debate between the notion of how much utility scale versus how much uh, residential uh, should we should we deploy, right? Because if, if, for example, when you put in um, utility scale solar, like uh, like uh, Jeffrey's recommending, like Ubens is recommending, then we have a, a renewable form of central generation, right? And that is controlled, and that is we're we're buying that as a, and then that is that going to a translate to lower cost energy? Well, it has to go through the utility kind of process, and we have to see how much of that kind of reduces or doesn't reduce our energy. Well, they costs. okay. Th- there's no debate about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in the letter, he talks about that. Okay. How, well, how how the cost of renewables are cheaper than the current method of generation? Yes, they are, but you still have transportation and uh, grid and infrastructure costs, right? right? And distribution costs, and then you know all the admin and overhead and staffing. So it's like, are, are we going to see, and we already put in uh, a couple of big, uh, uh, we call it utility scale systems, right? We have a couple of uh, 2.87 uh, megawatts, the one in Kihei and the one in uh, Lahaina. Yeah. I don't know, has our, have our rates gone down as a result of that? And the wind, have the rates go down? Is well, there historically, do we see the rates go well, down? People, yeah. I, what I'm saying is that there's a skepticism of putting in large scale uh, renewables. Of course, that's going to reduce our overall uh, carbon uh, footprint. However, is it going to actually 
is there a public trust that we're going to reduce our energy costs as a result of that? Now, I think it's very, very possible that it would, but people know that if they buy a solar system and they have it on their own roofs, that they're going to reduce their energy costs. Right, for themselves, yes, yeah. exactly. But you know what was interesting? A couple of years ago, um, I forget how many years ago, but when solar started to get deployed a little bit, the cost, they raised the cost. And you know what the rationale for that was? Raise the cost of electricity. Yeah, to the, to the consumer. Yeah. It's that because they, they don't have, they're not making as much on the generation on their side as being taken away from them. It's like, holy smokes, that further drives people <laughs> to create their own solar. So the, like, the very reason of raising cost will further drive people to do what they don't want them to do. Yeah. Or, or what they, their rationale for raising the cost was. Here's the thing, though. I mean, I, and I get that, and that's a, a really crazy uh, notion. But uh, we're going to need, in all, in all reality here, in order to hit our 100% RPS, which is 30% December 31st, 2020, by the way, right? Yeah, which right. is, uh, isn't that which around is the corner? Two months away. <laughs> yeah. So, or I guess that's actually, yeah, well, that's actually your way, right? At the end of 2020? At the end of 2020. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, but in any case, uh, we're going to need utility. We're going to need what's called CNI, commercial, industrial, large scale, rooftop and, and, and carport uh, and even ground mount. Uh, deployments, and then we're also going to need uh, uh, residential. I was at HSEA last week. We were talking to, uh, so I can't remember her name right now, but some utility representatives, and they were saying You're, we're going to need everyone's roof. There's no getting around that. So uh, it's it's kind of interesting that everyone's going to get solar. We're going to have uh, a lot of utility scale solar. Um, the only question now is really the rate at which we deploy it. In my mind, gotcha. It's not like it's one or the other in Hawaii, right? It's it's going to be both. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, it's not going to be both with NEM. We're going to go out there and get NEM systems where we get one for one ratios like it was, you know, years ago. But we're all going to get access to solar. And they're calling even in some. And it's interesting is alongside of this language, we're seeing the utility. Um, uh, they, they, there's also another arti article here, uh, Brian, talking about some of the new activities within the utility. Hawaiian Electric Companies issue call for projects to accelerate islands renewable energy transition. Also, Hawaiian Electric launches customer energy department. That was just on the 12th, right? So there's a lot of things happening on, I, I, you know, I don't know if this is. <laughs> uh, I read that article. I don't understand it. Customer. It didn't make any sense to me. Like, <laughs> so okay, this, what, this is Maui now, just so you can take a look at it. But the point is, there's there's a lot of activity on kind of both ends of this conversation. But uh, in Maui now, this is the. I'm going to say November 12th, Hawaiian Electric launches customer energy department. And basically it says uh, the single department will include personnel based on Maui, Hawaii Island, Oahu, Hawaiian Electric announced on Friday. Uh, they're looking to streamline organization. We'll focus on, this is really interesting, attracting more customers to private rooftop solar storage and grid services. There's never been really a, a, a difficulty in attracting customers. <laughs> All they have to do is approve the systems that are on their desk, right? It, is, it is a bit of you know, clever language here. To, and then they quotes, to reach our clean energy goals, we'll need to at least double the 80,000 customer site at rooftop solar systems in the next 25 years and see much higher customer participation directly or through aggregators in programs that provide incentives or different pricing. Uh, senior VP of Customer Service, Shaylee Kimura said in a press release. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. What do you, what do you, what say you? Don't, uh, I don't know. You it, buy like, it? Why, if they're trying to reduce the organization, why create a new department instead when they can just approve the applications that are pending <laughs> on their desk right now? I that's, don't know. That's just, that it's sounds just, so normal. This is, exactly, this is exactly, this is exactly what this, what this uh, guy is talking about on the fund here. You right. Know? He's like, it's like, he, he just needs to bring some, uh, there needs to be a fresh look at it. And that's what's interesting about the audit that's underway. This audit that's underway, uh, the PUC, you know, because they went to the PC for a rate increase. This audit that's underway yeah. is a pretty big deal. So let's be clear about that. So the, the Hawaii Public Utilities Commission, alongside of everything we're talking about, is currently conducting an audit of HECO's management. Right? alongside a proposed base rate increase for customers on Oahu. So this is all happening at the same time. Yeah, I mean, the only one that doesn't want an audit is something that doesn't want the numbers to be out there, you mm -hmm. know? And so I think the audit will be pretty, uh, pretty. It's, it's healthy and it's beneficial. And if nothing shows up, great, you've passed it. You're doing what you're supposed to do. And but you can read about this in Utility Dive. I just kind of clicked on one of the links within that other article. Uh, this is on the uh, 7th of November. Uh, title of the article is Hawaii Regulators Audit HECO Management as Utility Targets Oahu Rate Increase. Um, so, yeah, you can you can dig into that and get a sense for what this is all about. And, and that's Oahu. I mean, our, our Outer Islands rates, I'm sure, are higher, too. And this was scheduled for the 14th of November, so that must have just happened. I wonder. I don't, I don't see the results out of the news yet. Yeah, me neither. But we'll certainly talk about that. But, you know, one thing coming back to the letter here, mm -hmm. and this is, this is something that we as Hawaii residents need to uh, – 
ask ourselves why we're complacent in this, you know, and why we're not more active and why we don't speak up. And maybe it's because we don't have the facts. But when a fund like this puts out the numbers, mm-hmm. they've got to have the facts, right? right? And it's pretty impressive they, the way they, these graphs are listed here at the bottom of the letter. Yeah, you know, when when someone criticizes uh, Elon Musk or so, they they're going to have the facts, and and they're welcome to refute it. But you know, the the facts of this is that the costs are passed onto the ratepayers. So Hawaii has the highest average monthly residential electricity bill in the country at $168 per month despite having the lowest electricity consumption per household. Yeah, it's a pretty stark graph, right? And the way it's set up is you have average monthly residential electricity consumption by state. Mm-hmm. And it shows on the one hand, all 50 states, right? It says Tennessee is the highest right. and Hawaii is the lowest. <laughs> and then the, What's going then, on in Tennessee? Tennessee <laughs> it's a graph. Of, in the next graph, average annual residential electricity bill rates. And on the, on the opposite end, you have Hawaii the highest, right? And then yeah. Utah actually is the lowest. Yep. So it's like the, the two the, the opposite ends of the spectrum. Use the least amount of electricity and have the absolute highest rates. It's unbelievable, yeah. really. And, and further down on that graph, You've got you've got HEI, 14% large scale renewable, right? Uh, which is large scale solar and all other renewable, mm-hmm. with 12% being all other renewable and only 2% large scale solar. But yeah. then, but the, then you compare it to say California, which has 24% large scale renewable, right? And then you've got uh, the Kauai Island Utility Co-op, 18% uh, individual solar and 14% large scale, which is. 32% large-scale renewable versus, again, HEI at 14%. So so we just got a tax message from one of our loyal listeners. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> he wouldn't mind me mentioning his name, but I'll, I'll hold it. And he goes, how, this is exactly what he says. How many millions are the administrative heads getting in salary? Can you Google Constance Lau's salary? Of course you can Google that stuff, you know. And, <laughs> and it, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a reasonable question. And, yeah. and th- that's why... You know, these hedge funds and the activist funds, they come in there and they look at where the excesses are. And and I'm not saying they're uh, OK, here they, it is. They, they aren't the holy grail, but they are a way of creating change. This is on salary dot com to introduce you uh, to this. Uh, this is Lloyd. Thanks, Lloyd. It looks like, um, uh, yeah, five point three eight one nine eight three uh, mil- million. So five point three million in total comp uh, yeah. as of which year was that? That's and, a lot of loot. Yeah, and, and that's for a $4.76 billion company, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost a $5 billion company. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's not out of line necessarily, but how many managers do they have and how much is there? Mm-hmm. You know, and one thing in the letter, he talked about their costs being so much dramatically higher. And we know yeah. that it's higher to do it's it's higher to do business in Hawaii than other places. So Okay, well, we got just about a minute to wrap this up, and we're going to head over to uh, – to our commercial break, come right back with a completely different topic, but one nonetheless related about smart panels from Alex Bazinoff of the CEO of Illumin. Uh, maybe we'll get a chance to uh, kind of wind this up after that interview from Salt Lake 20, uh, SPI 2019. Cool. Are we ready to do it? Let's go. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. And here we are at SBI 2019 at the Lumen booth with Alex Bassismoff. You got it. All right. You, I, I'm so used to you pointing that at me, Jack. So yeah, you don't need to cut our labs on. <laughs> Super excited to meet you. Thanks for taking the time out of the first day. Exhibit Hall uh, floor just opened about half an hour ago, an hour ago. A lot of buzz here. Um, you know, a lot of it's about storage solutions, right? And then, but you're, you've got a really amazing tech. We did a show with your guys about maybe six months, a year ago, and we were really interested to understand better what it is you're doing. So this is Lumen. Uh, why don't you give us an introduction about yourself and then about your company a little bit, give us a sense of where you fit in the marketplace. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, first of all, thank you guys for coming um, all the way from Maui. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you in person. And uh, so I'm Alex Bajanov, founder and CEO of Lumen. Uh, founded the company a little bit over three years ago. We just had our birthday. Rocket ship. Uh, and I literally founded it off uh, an idea that I got in a very dark basement where I was working with uh, a customer of my previous company and we were fixing their circuit breaker panel. Mm. And I was looking at it, it was a very old one and I was like, oh my God, it's so old. How's that possible? And that's where the proverbial light bulb came off because I thought, wait a second, every single circuit breaker panel out there is old. Even the new ones that you can buy at Home Depot today right. are old. Like nothing has changed in that in that No major device. innovations. Yeah. yeah no major not. innovations. I think the last one was going from fuses to toggles and yeah, adding uh, GFI breakers. But that's the heartbeat of energy consumption in every house. And the richness of data that you have there, inability to control energy consumption is really unmatched. That if you want if you're looking for a place, that's the place. And so I set off to build uh, you know, our first prototype, and when I realized it can be done, Lumen was born. And uh, so what Lumen does is it brings responsiveness to home's energy consumption. And the way we do it is uh, Lumen platform retrofits an existing circuit breaker panel and uh, allows for data and control of energy consumption on each individual circuit. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of the platform, and we'll talk more, I think, about the energy storage uh, yeah. later and how yeah, what we do there. So you're a homeowner, you have a panel, let's say it's a brand new panel, yep. and then what what actually is happening? Are you pulling out the breakers in that um, in that panel? Are you what are you replacing? What are you not replacing? Yeah. So in fact, you are not uh, almost not touching the panel when you do when you install Lumen platform. Um, so the way, if if you look at it from an electrical standpoint of view. Lumen kind of intercepts electricity flow uh, in between the circuit breaker. So you keep your circuit breaker, you keep your overcurrent protection device. It's very important that it stays there. Whatever you have, Schneider, you know, Square D, Eaton, Cutlehammer, anything. Sure. Um, and so Lumen intercepts that electricity in between the circuit breaker and your load, your appliance. Okay, um, how does it intersect it? So we, um, sorry. Oops, sorry for that. No worries. Um, uh, so we, uh, uh, I don't know if you can see, uh, there's there's a hardware uh, piece of the device, it's right there. Yep. It's a fairly small box, actually getting even further smaller. And uh, it, it, it essentially has relays and, and sensors in there. And, oh yeah. <laughs> so here <laughs> yeah, we go are. For it. Um, yeah, and so it's installed next to a circuit breaker panel. And essentially electricity is flowing from your circuit breaker panel into this box, and from this box to your loads. I gotcha, I gotcha. So you're, you're rerouting everything into this, basically? Uh, you're inserting this in, in, into the circuit, if you will. Okay. Uh, and it's really easy to do. It comes pre-wired with all the wires. The installation takes about two hours. Should be done by licensed electrician folks. For everyone out there, don't go into the electrical panel. Right. Don't, don't touch the high voltage should be done by professionals. But yeah, two hours, this thing wires in and you're ready to go. So all of those loads, let's say you have 20 circuit breakers, all of those loads are, are this is inserting itself in between that and the actual circuit breakers. That is correct. Right. Okay, okay so that offers, uh, I suspect, Sorry. some unique visibility into what's happening with those loads mm -hmm. and then potentially control, which seems like it's the game we're playing here, right? right. You're like pulling back the curtain, so to speak, on all of this, what has been opaque kind yeah. of like lack of understanding of what happened, how does, how does that particular device consume energy and how does that one consume energy? But now we're seeing it not only like get power at a given moment, but power over time, behavioral patterns, chronology, uh, predictive stuff maybe. Yeah. I mean, what's going on? What's the brains inside yeah. of this operation? What kind of work are you doing with it? Yeah, so that's you know what you just described is what we consider as the base level. So all that data on your, your energy consumption, your circuits, all that control in individual circuits, that's there you know, for the homeowner to use to see if, you, if you'd like to. But what's really unique about Illumin and what we do is the next level up. It's making your home responsive, making uh, the, the energy, automating reactions of your home 
to great conditions. So maybe it's a great outage and your storage is kicking in. So how do you want to manage your loads in that case? Right? Do you want to keep everything on or maybe you want to extend your runway on the, based on the state of charge of the battery sure. and shut some things off? Like that's the, those smarts, that kind of intelligence is how we use that data in, uh, in, in presenting to homeowners. <coughs> the insights by, um, you know, you, uh, the, the, the algorithm may find that, well look, your washer and dryer cool, you know, vampire, they're vampire loads when you're not using them. Why don't you automate that and just create a schedule so the platform automatically turns things on and off and saves you money? Okay, this is really cool stuff. Yeah. I got boatloads of questions for you. <laughs> so, uh, and for Jay's thinking, I can almost hear his brain cranking over there on the same <laughs> yep, questions. Yep, yep. But let's say I, I'm a homeowner mm -hmm. and I have, maybe I have solar in storage, right? And then I'm thinking about, I don't have a critical loads panel though, right? And because I thought that was too expensive because my, my, my installer said yes. to me, hey, it's going to cost you four grand you to select some loads and, and, and separate everything. Yep. So now I, I say Lumen is a good option for me, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. that creates that kind of a value. Yep. So um, I suspect there may be a, have you looked at the financial conditions between those two approaches, doing a critical loads panel, the labor, the installation, yeah. and doing something like Lumen? Is this a, like a direct overt advantage financially? I mean, what does it do for you? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. I think that's where um, the main value proposition for Lumen for people who do energy storage, that's right, right where we are. So, as you said, so if you're installing a storage system, um, and, and quite often you have to go with protected loads panel. Yeah. And uh, what that does for you is you can only back up a fixed number of loads. Yeah. Uh, not that you hold home. Yep. And that choice is fixed, right? It's, it's hardwired. Yeah. Once, forever, once you've right? done well, the wiring, yeah, you're yeah. not going to be rewiring in your house bummer. again. Exactly. <laughs> you call. You, you, you got to call How for an electrician. Yeah. And, and rewire that. Electrician. Anytime electrician comes to your house, it's expensive. It's right. a truck roll. A couple yeah, of hours don't, minimum. Don't, usually don't. a couple hundred dollars just to say hi. Yeah. And then you're into yes. whatever you actually got to do. Yeah. So, so what we tell to installers and what we hear back from them is. Uh, look, you don't have to do the protected loads panel. In fact, we're strong advocates for not doing a PLP or protected loads panel. Absolutely. Instead, what you should do is connect your storage to your main panel, connect your Lumen to your main panel. And the feedback we're getting is that Lumen saves them 30 to 50% of, of, the, of their install time. Because wow. with protected loads panel, you're not just relocating the circuits. You're running your neutrals, you're, you're running your feed wire into that panel. It's a lot of work and I mean, everybody knows that one of the most difficult things for installers out there is this unpredictability, right? You never know what you run into until you pop uh, off that cover and yeah. you say, okay, now I'm actually running, you know, higher than my budget was for this project yep. and guess what, my team cannot make it to the next project because yep. they have to come here next morning. Very tough. In our case, it is super predictable. That's the main value prop for the installers. Got Look, it. This is easy to wire, very predictable. You don't have to do protected load spam. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to I want to jump right no, forward yeah, to sure. the conversation about the, let's say that, that the, the installer's like, yep, this is the way you want to go. Homeowner selects it. Now they've got a lumen panel. They've got a, their solar system installed, their storage, they're excited. How do they go about selecting those create those loads at a given moment? Is it something that is, is it software based? Do you yeah. get an email and say, hey, welcome to Lumen, or wait, 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 how does yeah. it work? Um, what does it feel like, let, let you know? Sorry, I'll, I'll grab yeah. this thing. You know, we have a demo uh, tablet here. I don't know how, uh, how well that's going to uh, actually show, yeah, but we, so we can grab some stuff later. Sure, yeah, yeah. but you have, you know, as a homeowner, yeah. you have this. You can show uh, me if you Oh, yeah, want. no, it actually take us through it. Yeah, you can show me. Um, I, yeah, I, just, I just meant we'll get some close up. We'll get some we'll close take up. screenshots later yeah. and throw it up. Sure, yeah. so let me uh, bring it to the native state. So this is, um, hey Josh, this is your Lumen uh, panel, and, and then yes. from there, that's kind of what I'm most interested in understanding. And so, yeah, let me uh, launch the app. But so you have an app. Mm -hmm. where you can see all the data and you can manually control your circuits as we talked in the beginning. Yeah. Right, so you can go in and you can turn circuits on and off. And uh, next next one up, and of course it's a software demo. So is, is, this, is this something that I'll, happens? I'll be showing oh. you this on my phone. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, and so, but then you have modes. Yeah. So let's, let's say you have an off-grid mode. And what that does, it, 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 it monitors, okay, so you're in normal state of operations right now. Now, since this is a, a demo app, yep. like this particular one, let me simulate the grid outage. Boom, and you can see the moment the platform senses that your grid is out, 
it shuts off your circuits. Oh, I like the GUI there. I like the way it's set up. Yeah, and, and the circuits that it, it shuts off um, it are are pretty much predetermined. So let me, uh, and you, you can do so. So here's your thing. You oh, sorry. Predetermined is it if it comes by, with a by, standard? By, by the homeowner. Okay. Yeah. So it's okay. flexible. Um, so here, uh, oh, sorry, that keeps uh, jumping away from, from me. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll, so as a homeowner, you select the circuits that uh, that you want to be backed up right. and that you want to shed during the grid outage. And that happens when you install your app on your phone uh, yeah. right away. So yes. say, hi, this is your Lumina app, yes. and then I want to have my uh, garage door, my security system, and whatever yes. backed up, and then boom, yeah, you're installed. Yeah. Is it that simple? Yes, it's that simple. And then, the best piece is, okay, now you're in the grid outage, you know, okay, sucks, but it is what it is. Now all of a sudden you want, you know, as you said, like that's a perfect use of garage door. Yeah. Typically that's not something people back up. Right. Now all of a sudden you want to drive out, you know, for a ride or something. Oh, I didn't back up my you, garage you, door, but now yeah, I want it. You go to the app well, and you ah, say, oh, bring it back. Look at that. Yeah, and it's on. You use okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to just, just... And then shut it off just, again. I just, realized, <laughs> I, I just realized how dynamic this actually is. And if, even for a guy like me, and we talk about this stuff all the time, it really wasn't clear to me that I could be, I could set my, 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 my critical loads effectively, or the ones that I want backed up, let's call it that, with this yeah. Lumen system, go through the circumstance of an outage, and in that moment, say to myself, with my storage and my solar, I want, oh, you know what? Oh, that I actually was a want this other one. <laughs> and go into my app and I'm say, I'm in my car yeah. trying to get out of my garage. Yeah. Garage door yeah. open on, right? Yeah. And then boom, on, and then shut off again. Because yeah. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can, <laughs> you know, essentially as you move throughout the house, hey, I'm cooking right now. Okay, well, get here's your kitchen. But you know what? It's too good. We, we should kill your you know, bathroom and bedroom because you're not right? there. But now, okay, you're done cooking. Well, let's move on to the next thing. Right. It's absolutely dynamic. You can think of it as a virtual protected loads panel in many ways right. that exists right. on your main panel and you can use any circuit as long as your storage system, of course, allows you know, on the discharge capacity, as long as it allows to run those yeah. things. Because quite often, like AC is really hard to do just because the storage system doesn't have enough discharge capacity. Gotcha. Like, it's, it's the physics of storage. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, we yeah. Can, oh, we can change okay. it, sorry. Right? So I, I did this, this yesterday, no worries. So <laughs> um, let me just ask you a couple of basic technical questions. So we're assuming that the battery is, in, is, is, is directed right into that main panel, grid goes out, there's a transfer, the battery's now active. That's powering your Lumen system, the yep. main battery that's yes. assumed to be there. Yes. Okay, so, um, and then this here, this system, um, what, it, does, it, does it allow you to, like, are, how are you communicating? Is there any communication right now between the battery manufacturers, there's a whole bunch of different ones, sure. and then your system? Or is it something yeah. that the, the individual is really taking ownership of? Yeah. What's that relationship? So, um, out of the box, the system is uh, battery agnostic, meaning it would work with any batteries starting from the you know best and the smartest batteries out there, all the way to a DIY, car battery stack. <laughs> uh, Lead like acid, old school, yes, off-grid. It, it doesn't really matter. That being said, um, the richness of the experience for the homeowner comes with more integrations with storage. So all the scenarios that we talked about, this virtual protected loads panel, they are absolutely legitimate for any battery system, as I said, with our system right yeah. off the box. Yeah. But uh, for some uh, battery manufacturers, we already have integrations. Like, uh, for example, Sonnen, our systems talk to each other on the software level. And so that allows for better experience. Absolutely. Because all of a sudden, you can learn what's the state of the charge of the battery. What does the homeowner prefer to do with that charge? Like, is he charging? Is he preserving for the future outage? All of that may influence your decisions on what loads to shed. Yeah. So uh, we are working towards more and more partnerships. Uh, as I said, Sonnen is already out there. You can download the app if you have a Sonnen Ecolinks and it works today. Uh, more to come in just in the near future, but that's kind of our uh, path forward to add more and more partnerships. So if you are a, uh, let's say a PV company, uh, I don't know, like a Panasonic for example, and you're going into the energy storage business and you're launching these new uh, products, there's a bunch of them out there nowadays, yep. yeah. they really would be well served to come talk to you 
uh, because you're creating a solution that in, that they could uh, they could partner with, and you've got the, that opportunity out there. Absolutely. So, uh, that's I would definitely recommend that. If I, especially if you're a PV, PV company and you're going, oh, I want to get into the battery business. All those kind of challenges that the that the storage. If you're a PV company and you don't want to get into energy storage, you're kind of done at no, this point geez. anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but you're taking a, on a lot, is what I'm saying. Yeah, right? no, it's so, it's a whole different market, and, yes. and it's and maybe uncomfortable use, for a lot of people. And you could use a lot of help, probably, and Absolutely. help in this area yeah. certainly creates tremendous amount of value. Yeah. So I can see that. Very good stuff. Uh, any last words here? Or anything? We can talk forever, I'm sure. But oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I want to talk a little I mean, about I would, training. I would love to talk <laughs> more. And, you know, you just mentioned for a PV company, like especially if you're just getting into that storage business, mm. you know, it's hard. And it, you know, it's natural. It's a different product. All there's a lot going on with wiring, and there's all this added complexity of those conversations with homeowners. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you can add a battery. It costs that much. And guess what? You can only back up six loads. Well, that's not gonna fly. The conversation of, hey, you can back up anything, not at once, but dynamically. As you move through your day, you pick it which circuits to pick that up. That eases yeah. that conversation, that helps those uh, installers, those guys in the field, to boost their revenue, because they spend the same amount of money on customer acquisition, going door to door, and all of a sudden, they can add revenue to each project by giving the, the battery that can cover pretty much the whole home. That's the real value to their business. That's why we feel you know it's so important for them to partner. But down the road for us, and I think it's really important to understand, like we see this as, you know, this is a battery or energy storage product today. But our vision truly is, you know, to be at the grid edge and makes homes responsive to any grid conditions. So it's not just grid outages. Think about if you're a homeowner and you have have strong preference to you know, towards clean energy. Well, it not only comes with your solar, obviously that's clean, but it also comes with the energy mix on the grid. And how do you want to pull that? Obviously, during peak times, it's kind of dirty. During non-peak times, it's more clean. Do you want to oh, wow. manage your consumption based off that? Or maybe you're in the dynamic pricing area, so you have time of use or demand charges. Yep. Well, do you want to manage your bill and manage that's your consumption? So, uh, based of your loads, and our yeah. system automates that for you. Yeah. So you could say in your app, you could say, hey, do you want to optimize for green energy? Exactly. Or do you want to optimize for uh, best price For possible? best price. And, and of course, you have to tell it, well, my utility is such and such, and uh, you know, I'm in that area. But yes, from there, it does it for you. And it, it brings together all distributed energy resources, your storage, your solar, your EV, if you have one. Mm -hmm. um, all of that together, really, and matches it with the grid and, and, and kind of bring, ties yeah, it all. Let me ask you a question. I want to try to imagine what that might look like. It's an interesting concept. You brought up two areas that I had never thought of before, so <laughs> I, I got to say I appreciate that. So one, this idea of optimizing for green energy. And yep. folks, if you didn't uh, get that right out of the gate, you know, during the daytime energy curve, you get a lot of solar on, that's yep. kind of the assumption. Yep. And uh, energy tends to be cheaper then as well if sure. you have dynamic pricing within these, uh, the grid. Yep. And then if you, uh, during the peak time, when you come home at the end of the day, the duck curve, all of the duck curve, everyone's using energy. A lot of the time, peaker plants are, sh are jamming energy yes. in there. It's dirtier and it's more expensive. So that's kind of the, the, yep. the, the, the foundation the of what you were talking about. And the idea of optimizing for green, uh, for a green consciousness, or like, I want to use as much green energy as possible, that means you'd probably be buying a lot of energy during the day, I guess, right? Yep. Sure. In that circumstance, let's say you do that. Uh, does that then talk to your like HVAC system and say, procure the house? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Or, or the know, EV charger or whatever or else you have. Yeah, EV charger yeah. or- hey, don't forget to charge your car in the middle of the day. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, in, or shut in, it in, off when the sun's going down. I mean, that, that, And wait, typically, wait the like the, the, the appliances you just mentioned, your, your HVAC and you know your EV Hydra. are the ones that people tend to think about, right? Because in to be, uh, you know, uh, we all know like, there are smart thermostats out there that you can integrate with. But think about everything else in your house now being similar to a smart thermostat. So all the dumb appliances, all the dumb things, like starting from your water heater all the way to even your fridge really, that you know I, I wouldn't recommend to shut that off for six hours, but for 30 minutes, sure, why not? Right. I've heard uh, of people doing that. You, you over chill the fridge and then shut absolutely. it off. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we, don't do freeze it. Oh, don't, don't actually, even, actually, don't actually don't your freezer you can do that. Like, it keeps the, the temperature if you don't open yeah. the door. That's yeah. perfectly if fine. You're not, if you're going to be gone for yeah. work. 
Yeah, <laughs> or it, it, there are a lot of things. Vampire loads. I mean, yep. come on, that's ten percent of your energy consumption. Yeah. Uh, so is it out there hunting for vampire loads? Yes. Is it a vampire killer? Yeah, it, it, it <laughs> right? is. Well, in many ways, yeah, vampire slayer. Yeah, there you go. You have you have CTs on every circuit. Ah, uh, we. Uh, Yes. We use different technology, actually. Okay. These oh, are, these are the, yeah. here. Look at that. Yeah. That these was are, the IP uh, case. Uh, yep. uh, right, we, we, that being said, <laughs> we do have whole home CTs okay. to give homeowners more data yeah. to show them, hey, your whole home is that, here's the full disaggregation. And disaggregation, in our case, doesn't come from algorithms. It comes from raw data because we are sitting on individual circuits. So we already know. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, I apologize. I, 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 miss, I misspoke. It's not CTs per circuit, but you have data per yeah, circuit. Yeah, you get and data so you per know circuit. Precisely what but you're because using we and where. measure each individual circuit, it just right. we, we measure it with different technology. Understood. Okay. Okay, hang on a second. So you're measuring data per in each individual circuit. Yes. Are you hearing the the, the song of the different devices? That kind oh, of thing? absolutely. And then from there, what's happening? I mean, you don't tell me the technology, but I mean, what's going? Are you are you saying okay on this circuit? I got a coffee maker. I got a uh, a toaster. Yeah. I got my little kitchen thing, right? I got a microwave, maybe. Right. And then it identifies the the individual unique little bird song of those appliances, right? And yeah. then what what's, yeah. what basically happens? Yeah. So. I, I think there are kind of several layers here. So first one is um, whole home. And uh, there are really great uh, uh, companies out there that do whole home data, uh, whether through smart meter or just you know home energy monitor. And then using that kind of data, they try by using certain algorithms, they try to disag disaggregate that data. Okay. And it's, it's, it's a good one to catch for... Disaggregate, break it up. Uh, yeah, break yeah. it up, yes. Yeah. And it's a good one to catch large things like ACs or you know maybe a water here. Maybe generally maybe. have their own targets. Yeah, it's anyway. very yeah. distinctive, yeah. but it's, it doesn't really work for smaller stuff. Okay. okay. In our case, we get that data for each individual circuit already. Hence, we already know, we don't need to disaggregate it by using algorithms. So your focal point's smaller. Yeah, much yeah. smaller. Yeah. And from there, as you mentioned, you can go deeper, you can go into individual appliances. Uh, that being said, there's a big number of circuits in a house that are you know, single appliance circuits. These are big loads dryer. that you care. Dryer, washer, dishwasher, I mean, EV, AC, water heater, oven. Shipping. I mean, I can you know, keep, yeah. keep going down that list and we already have that data. There's yeah. no need to clean it up because it, it, it's already there per circuit. Yeah. So that's, that's what allows us to be that granular in managing energy consumption. Because it's not only data, it's also control right. per that individual circuit. And allows us to be that intelligent about how you manage your storage, how you manage your preferences, how do you consume your power, you know, whether it's dirty power, clean power, and so on. So there's some kind of magic sauce in there, technology, that allows you to say, okay, uh, we're going to shut it grid, grid outage in the case of this circumstance. We're going to shut down our uh, hot water heater, our dryer, whatever, yep. right? Uh, and then interrupts that, and then you can turn it back on through software. So there's no, yeah, right, okay. So it's, is it all software? I mean, are there physical things happening? I mean, I, I, yeah. oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. there are physical things happening for you to, in order to. To be able to turn off electricity, well, there, physical, there should be physical disconnect. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So obviously, there, as I said, there are relays in that box that do the job. They're controlled by 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 the software from your phone, from anywhere in the world. I mean, you can control your house while you're here in your house in Maui. Can you imagine that? It is pretty pretty exciting stuff. Uh, so a big future for Lumen, no doubt. Uh, and then I think that, uh, like I said before, I think that uh, companies would be well served to reach out to you and talk about how you can create a value for them. One thing that did occur to me while we were talking, in addition to the couple of things I learned here today, but is that these uh, the, the the language of the show for me, one of the big things, and Jay mentioned this, it's like storage showdown, right? Mm -hmm. So you have all these companies out there trying to bring in, you know, they do PV, they do inverters, they do batteries, they're doing it under one umbrella, and they're trying to create a whole solution so it's less complicated, right? Uh, but this is a piece of the puzzle that in the absence of this thought process, which I don't think any of these guys are really making, I, I, I haven't seen it yet, um, it, it's, it's not going to create the solution they're trying to create, which is that that simplicity yeah. inside of that umbrella. Yeah. They yeah. need the simplicity. So then it would be well served to take this out. So I'm, I'm excited to, to try it out. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Where can folks find you? Uh, so <laughs> at the show, we're booth 7334. Yep. Come find us. Also online, website luminsmart.com, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube channel, 
just uh, look for Lumen or uh, some cases Lumen Smart because Lumen is not available in some cases. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but that's uh, yeah, that's our presence. Awesome. And yeah, we'd love to talk to folks. We'd love to talk to PV installers. We'd love to talk to energy storage folks. Um, yeah, all of that. Excellent. Right. Thanks for your time, Alex. Really do thank, appreciate it. Thank you guys for stopping by. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Aloha. All right, there you go. That was Alex Bazinoff with the CEO and founder of Lumen, a very cool company. LumenSmart.com is the website. Just spoke with Val Newcomb over there in Charlottesville. Of course, it's the uh, well into Friday uh, on the East Coast right now. And she says she would uh, she was really stoked to listen to it and share all that information about Alex's interview. I personally am very interested in a smart panel for my own home, so I'm going to be looking at this process uh, in the near term. There is a little video on their website, lumensmart.com. Uh, you can take a look at uh, how the system operates, how it's installed, and, and some of the uh, different functionalities. So check it out. What do you think, Brian? You like smart panels? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, yeah, anyways, it's, it's part of the whole congruent system, right? You've got generation, storage, and now smart panels. For sure. And we were just talking about some of the numbers. Uh, go figure with Brian, right? And then we were saying, well, what does it cost? And, we, and, we, and I'm not really sure of the numbers, actually, off the top of my head. Uh, but if you were to think about that cost and incorporate it into your solar system and then be able to take, at minimum, the federal tax credit on the overall thing, if, 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 right. then uh, I think your net cost would be pretty small. And if you could make some minor savings with load management, uh, then it probably would pay for itself in a relatively short period of time. And then the, the, war the warranty and the, lo the longevity of that system becomes the question, right? So those are some we can, we can definitely ping uh, Val and, 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 and Brian O'Shea and all those guys out there to answer those questions. Yeah, and also you definitely you would be able to kind of see where there's some maybe stray consumption that you wouldn't know about, right? The vampire loads. Yeah, yeah. So something yeah. like that. I mean, just to measure it, right, on different well, there's circuits. A there's a couple different value propositions. First of all, you have the, just the sheer value of having dynamic load management in a grid outage. That's just candy. I yeah. want that, <laughs> right? Sure, sure. And then there's, uh, well, can I reduce my vampire loads? Uh, or are there opportunities to save uh, based on TOU and things like that, time of use uh, rates throughout the day? Are there opportunities to do it, it neat things? So probably there are. I think the smart panel conversation is going to continue. Of course, we'll hear more from uh, uh, some of the other smart panel companies like Span. We aired them last week. And Pantech Design is going to be coming on for some more conversations. I'm sure there are other fellows out there as well. How do we want to wrap up our conversation about uh, about this show, Brian? Uh, you know, it's a good discussion about Hawaiian Electric. I mean, we are consumers at the end of the day. We should hold uh, them to a higher standard, frankly, you know? Yeah. And it's it's sad that we as citizens can't step up to Hawaiian Electric or whoever and say, look, it's just, let's make something better. That's somebody from the outside, this Jeffrey Ubin person, uh, has to come in. He's got he's got his own money on the line, or the There's funds money on the line. a striking similarity to this notion of how we employ our resources to affect change in our world, right? Yeah. So that's what Jeff Jeff Ubens is doing from Value Act Capital with you know millions and millions of dollars, even billions of dollars. But we ourselves have that same capability. We do. Uh, environmental social governance investing. Give me a call. Uh, Fairwindswealth.com is our website. Brian Thomas, 808-873-3247. We'd love to show you how to participate. Do it. Call Brian. I want to see that process, too. I think it's amazing. Very exciting. Thank you to uh, Brandon Bernard. Uh, he he, he uh, gave us a little message here saying he incorporated a Lumen with a Tesla Powerwall battery backup last week in Maine. Very cool. Also, Lloyd Fischel for his comments and helping us uh, uh, on that article with Jeff and, uh, and uh, Hawaiian Electric. So, hey, folks, this is The Solar Coaster. We are sponsored by Sundrum Solar, Fairwinds Wealth Management, and Pantech Design. It's been a wonderful show. Have a great weekend and aloha Friday. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you.